Uh, hey everyone, welcome to episode number 52 of the Fitness Devil Podcast. Today we've got Jason Maxwell of JMAX Fitness, Toronto-based uh, coach, trainer, and podcaster. We get into a big discussion about his new book, it's called Muscle, and his entire approach to coaching and training and his message about simplifying how you go about actually building muscle mass. Our industry makes it very complex at times, and he's got a very simple approach to it that's really accessible and is geared towards helping a lot of people. We get into the pursuit of aesthetic ideals, the superhero body, and sometimes people in our industry, there's a little bit of a pushback against it, like it's a bad thing to want to look good. So we get into that discussion. And we also talk about uh, Jason's social media and how it's a reflection of his everyday life, despite the fact that it's very polished and very professional. So hopefully you really love this episode. Jason was a blast. And uh, give us a five-star review on iTunes if you liked it. Thank you. Shut up and sit down. Hey everyone, welcome to the Fitness Devil Podcast. Um, by city, a lot of our guests, at least starting out, were Edmonton-based, so that's the largest group we've ever had, but we're actually doing a run on Toronto-based guests. That's probably our number two city for the home of our guests, uh, putting a lot of love into our Canadian colleagues. We had Louis Guarino on recently. Uh, we should have just released John Goodman by the time you're hearing this. We've had Chad Hargrove, and now we've got uh, Toronto-based Jason Maxwell of JMAX Fitness joining us, so welcome, Jason. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. And, and, and he's got a better mic. Closet. You got a better mic than closet us. Recording this. <laughs> yeah, my, my closet uh, podcasting studio. It's, it's the best sound in the whole apartment, so I got to do it here. Got to bring you guys the best quality, you know? <laughs> it's, awesome. it's funny because like, when I was building it, I did it in my office, and like when you get a good mic, it picks up everything, so you can probably even hear like the fucking street, and I take it out. But, like, if Andrew and I could fit in the closet, we would do it. <laughs> but that would be weird, and it would, but it would work. But since you're by yourself, it's probably okay, but I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm going solo today. <laughs> uh, so we don't usually ask our guests the origin story. A lot of the times, a lot of our guests um, do tons of podcasts. But a lot of our audience kind of knows a lot of our guests really, really closely. Uh, so you may be new to some of our audience. So I was hoping that you'd uh, tell us how you got started in the fitness industry. Uh, what led you to where you are right now, especially the part about being a former rocket scientist? What? Yeah. So long story short, <laughs> I grew up in a very, very small town, 3,500 people. Like it was farmland. My girlfriends were like farmers, daughters, all that kind of stuff. And, um, uh, I was doing really, really well in school, and I knew I needed to get out of this small town. I, I knew I wanted to do something bigger, but I didn't really know what. So careers class, I answered like this quiz or whatever, and it spits out what kind of careers would be perfect for you. So I do it, and it's like number one is like taxidermist or truck driver or something. And I'm like, well, I don't really want to do that. Nope. And then number two was aerospace engineer. So I was like, okay. That sounds kind of cool. I didn't even know what an aerospace engineer was. So I, I looked up the salary and they're like 120K a year. I was like, oh, sick. It's over six figures. I'll definitely go to school for this. I was just like chased by the money. So I went to school for that downtown Toronto Ryerson University. And I was really, really good at it. And I was getting like A's and everything. But I wasn't, I wasn't loving it. I was into 
fitness. So it was like, I had this weird pull. I had this pull from the money and because I was really good with aerospace engineering, but I also had this pull towards fitness, which I was passionate about. Like I would be sitting in class and I would be thinking about things that I read in fitness and then I would go home and I would just be like reading books on fitness going on the internet. Like I, I was obsessed with it. And I think the reason obsessed with it was because I, I transformed my body like pretty quickly at the very start of first year, like the first three months, I gained 27 pounds of muscle and completely changed my body. And I just remember the feeling of when I saw like a before and after and I actually saw the progress and I was like, holy crap, like this is the most incredible feeling I've ever felt. Like I did this, I changed the way I looked and I, that feeling was like addictive and I was like, I have to, like, hell yeah. I have to help other <laughs> people feel this feeling, you know? So I started personal training like throughout school or while I was still in school and you know, I was having a blast doing that. And then I graduated and I graduated top three of my class in aerospace engineering. And at that time I had the master's students or the masters or the teachers asking me to be their master's student. And I was like, no, no, I'm not going to do that. They're like, so you got a job as an engineer? I'm like, no. They're like, no. so what, what are you going to do? And I was like, I'm going to be a personal trainer. <laughs> and I'm going to go on Instagram and I'm going to make it. And they're like, what? <laughs> like, what did they say? <laughs> back, like, back then there wasn't even Instagram. What did they say? Like, you go into their office or whatever. Like, you probably met with a few of them. Like, did they like, I'm not going to say they made fun of you, but there's some pretentiousness in, in academia. Like, what did they say? They just couldn't wrap their brain around like that's what I was going to do. They so probably, it was like they were just confused. They probably still think that you wasted your potential because they can only see all of this through their lens versus all the good you can do for people with what you're doing right now. Yeah, possibly. But now because of Instagram and everything, it's exploded on such a higher level that I'm almost like a celebrity now. Yeah. So maybe they finally got to the point where it's like, okay, uh, maybe he didn't waste it, but <laughs> who maybe. knows, right? I, I'm pretty sure I'm on the right path. Well, I'm not pretty sure. I, I'm absolutely positive I'm on the right path with my life. Um, it, you know, obviously it was hard to walk away from a stable job and then just go and be a, a personal trainer making, I was making $16 <laughs> an hour out of school and I had to pay back my student loan. And, uh, yeah, that, that was, uh, that was tough for sure. But I just knew like, this is what I was passionate about and this is what I had to do. And then once I went online and everything exploded, I was like, okay, cool. Sweet. I'm, yeah. I made this work and, uh, you know, no looking back from here. The one thing I think it's really important on yeah. is a lot of trainers listen to this podcast and obviously a lot of enthusiasts, but I actually respect people who took the steps through the commercial gym environment, didn't get paid necessarily much starting out because those people worked hard to learn the craft uh, and work to the point where they could step out onto their own, have their own business, uh, that sort of path. Anyone who actually went through that experience, uh, they paid their dues and they probably learned a lot along the way. I've seen a lot of people go in through that and, and wash out and, and not be meant for our industry to really help people on a higher level. 
He didn't skip the commercial gym. He actually went to work for a studio for a yeah, little while. Yeah, but I, I did. I went to school. I became a teacher, and that's kind of where I was going to go with it. Was um, you went to school for something pretty smart? Like, like we'll, we'll call it smart. Uh, what What did you? I don't want to say what did you learn. I, teaching transferred to, to coaching and personal training, like fucking like almost like verbatim. Were there any crossovers from like what you learned in school that like made you good at this shit? Like. Obviously, like being smart helps, but like, was there anything you took from that that you could just like literally apply right to being like a badass right in the industry? Um, work ethic for sure. Yeah, that that was a big one. But beyond work ethic, engineers, I I don't know if you know this, but have you ever gone and you bought something at IKEA and then you you take you take the instructions on how to put this thing together? Yeah, and the instructions are like so simplified and everything seems like they make it as easy as possible yeah so the engineers are responsible for trying to make that as easy as possible that process as easy as possible so for me i guess the engineering mindset I could apply it to like building muscle and it's like okay what how can we simplify this as much as possible so when i went and i simplified my methods for building muscle i made it very very simple it's you need to get stronger in the gym and always try to do more than you did last time. Yeah. So one more rep or five more pounds. Um, get enough calories so that you're gaining, you know, one to two pounds a week when you want to build muscle and get enough protein and then be consistent. That's how I look at building muscle now. And it's much more simple than saying like, OK, we're going to use drop sets here. We're going to. We're going to use this much volume. We're going to do this. We're like, no, 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 no. Let's let's just cut back and look at what really is going to give you the biggest bang for your buck. How can we make this as simple as possible? So that's the biggest thing that I just realized recently that engineering has helped me with with uh, fitness. Yeah, just that engineering well, mindset. What you just described shows up all across your social media. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the biggest theme in all this stuff. And we'll jump around from the way that we wrote the questions. But I think it's it's where we need to go right now. Absolutely. Your graphics grab onto the concepts that matter. And they present them in very, very straightforward terms that people can take and use. And that's something that is consistent right down. If someone goes on your Instagram, and we'll share that link later, they can see that that's exactly how you present it. And I'm not surprised that you've generated a very big following as a result of that. So I, I suppose I'll steal Dean's question here. Fuck and no. one of the things I was curious about was like you do a lot with classic bro splitting. You tend to make a light of that a little bit or a lot in your graphics. So mm -hmm. what would you feel is a better and more balanced way to approach training rather than the classical bro split? So I think if you're a beginner, you got to just jump on a, a full body program three times a week, four times a week, basically every other day I find works the best. And by full body, I mean like big compound movements, just getting stronger in each one of those big compound movements. So like bench press, row, overhead press, chin-ups, squat, deadlift. That could be a very, very simple full body workout, which can give you some insane results. Going back to the story when I, when I gained my first 27 pounds of muscle, I went away to university and, you know, I was skinny fat. I had a terrible physique and I always just blamed it my entire life on my genetics because I looked at my entire family and my entire family didn't look jacked. 
So I was like, I'm not supposed to look jacked. It's just the way it is. I didn't realize that you have complete control over how you lift or how you look. And it comes from lifting. So I went away to university. I was like, I'm going to just try to do everything right, follow a program, do it to a T and see what kind of results I can get. So my program was basically a full body workout routine with all those big compound movements. And I did that. I, I focused on my nutrition. And then around Thanksgiving or Christmas time, I went home. And it was the first time I saw my family since I went to university at the start of September. And I walk in the door and I look at my brother. And my brother, like, I see him, like, kind of, like, look over the corner of his eye at me and then look away and then just do a turn his head back again. And he's like, whoa. <laughs> and his, like, jaw kind of drops. I'm like, what? What What are you looking at? Like, do I, got, do I have mustard on my shirt or something? And he's like, oh, your neck. Your neck is huge. What, like, what are you doing, man? And I'm like, what? So I went into my bathroom and I looked at myself in the <laughs> in the mirror. And it was kind of uncanny because I used to look at myself in that mirror every single day growing up. And then I hadn't looked at myself in that mirror since the end of August for when I went away to university. So I saw it's like seeing myself for the first time again in that same mirror. Because I remembered what I looked like in the mirror back in at the start of September. And then I saw myself then. And then I noticed the difference. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. And that it was that point in my life that everything changed. You, you do the shrug too? Like in the mirror, you were like, like did the full. <laughs> no, I didn't even do that. I just like took my shirt off and I was looking. I was like, whoa, I actually did change my body a lot. And it was all from full body routine. So I ended up gaining 27 pounds of muscle in like three to four months, which is like really, really quick. Like mm -hmm. the, the, my noob gain, my newbie gains were insane. You got the I, noob gains. That's for sure. Yeah, they were, they were so good. And I was so fortunate to have that. So I think a beginner needs to be on a full body workout routine. And I would say just keep using that routine until it's not working anymore. So for some people, they could use it for like four years and still make gains. So if they're still making gains, they might as well stay on the program. Um, mm -hmm. Well, that's so another thing that's most people do is like they'll they'll like get stopped. Like they want to switch it, but like things are working. Fucking keep going. <laughs> like relax. It's good. Yeah. Good. Gains are gains. Program. I think that's a big mistake a lot of people make is program hopping. Uh, and if they don't notice, because building muscle, as you described, can be quick for uh, someone who's got the potential to newbie gains. But the reality is, is looking in the mirror day to day, we don't usually see the differences. It's very rare for someone to have the experience you just described of looking in that mirror and actually seeing a dynamic change. Mm -hmm. So for most of us, when we look in the mirror, we don't see those big changes. So oftentimes people think, oh, this is not working. This is not working. And then they jump to the next program that they see in a muscle mag or something or the latest, greatest thing, or they, they switch re something wildly different. They go bodybuilding to CrossFit. That, that was another one, though. Where, where, what, what, where'd you get your program? Because we actually asked, like, pretty much everyone that comes on here, like, if they have, like, similar stories. Like, I fucking went to the gym, I got gains, got a pump. It was, I was, like, fucking set. And a lot of them are older, so it was, like, old bodybuilding magazines. Where, where, where'd you get it from? Or did you just make it up? That first one that really yeah, worked. Yeah, like the, the college workout. Because it's like most guys go in and do bench press arms. And then someone will make fun of them and say touch a chest. And then like you got to do squats and deadlifts and like drink milk and peanut butter. Like That's usually how it happens. Like what was your story? Um, so I came across this book 
by Robert Dos Remedios called Men's Health Power Training nice. back in the day. I don't even know. It's, it's probably still for sale. And it that was like a life-changing book for me because that was the full-body routine that yeah. helped me gain 27 pounds of muscle. But all it was was just those big compound lifts that I just described to you earlier. It, it was uh, it was just so, so simple. And I was just trying to get stronger in every lift. And it worked. Do you think now, because like if, if we think, how old are you? <laughs> Do you care? Because we're like 30. Okay, so 29. So we're like the same age. Back then, so right around college, like YouTube's just coming out. There's like nothing. Like I would say men's health and like magazines and T Nation were like and bodybuilding.com were the go-tos. Like do you think now that there's so much information that people don't get that simple experience because things – there's just so much out there. You know what I mean? Like you stumbled across something simple. But simple was okay back then because no one knew what complicated was. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Like I, I was on men's health a lot. I was on this site called Ask Men and I was on T yeah. Nation and you'd always see all this kind of stuff. But it was the, it, it wasn't until I saw the article featuring Robert Dose Remedios, which it just, I don't know, it struck a chord with me, really. And they were just talking about how simple it is and how just focusing on these big compound movements. I think maybe I read an article talking about how compound movements are so important yeah. for building muscle and then i was like looking up like what are compound movements kind of thing because <laughs> i literally knew nothing and uh then i came across that article featuring robert dos remedios and i was reading it and i was like completely sold and the book was just coming out so i i ordered the book or i didn't even order the book i went into <laughs> chapters which is like our barnes and noble yeah. and i had to drive to a different town to go to this chapters because my small town didn't even have a That's chapter sick. so I had to drive 45 minutes and I went to this city or this town called Belleville, went into the chapters, tried to find the book. Luckily, they had a copy of the book and I bought it. And that book was uh, was life changing because it basically launched my career. You had to do it. You had to drive there. You you literally had to like have an effort to get the fucking book. That's awesome. Let's uh, let's actually now pivot that directly. We got books. Your book. I mean, you're talking about a life changing book. You've now written one that is, is takes all the stuff that you've talked about, and now you're hoping to change other people's lives with it. So, can you expand upon why you wrote the book and uh, what it sets out to accomplish? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I wrote the book. It's called Muscle. So I literally wrote the book on muscle, and the reason I wrote it is just because I wanted to make it as simple as possible for someone to build muscle naturally. But there's a big problem I find in fitness and people they go out and they do this program just to look better but what ends up happening is they end up turning into a recluse or a hermit and they're not going out with their friends anymore they're not going out with their girlfriend they're being boring just because they want to stick to their diet and they don't want to do any extra movement they just want to like lift and then go home and just do nothing and what ends up happening is you want to build this amazing body so that you're happier. And then you go in and you start building this body and then you don't have a social life anymore. So you actually end up less happy than you were when you looked shitty. So it did that whole part just didn't make sense to me. Yeah. So what I did was I came up, I, the tagline of the book is the stupid, simple solution to building rock hard muscle while eating like a king and dominating your life. So I want people to be able to build muscle and dominate their lives. 
Because when you have muscle, everything in your life becomes easier. Mm -hmm. Get things that you want. You're more confident. People find you more attractive. Everything just becomes easier. I notice, like, I'll go to get gelato, for instance, and I'll be like with my friends, and the girl scooping gelato will give me the most gelato, like a significant. <laughs> I'm like, what? What happened here? It's because like I'm I'm the only one out of this group of friends who's jacked or whatever. Or like sometimes I'll go. I this is funny. I'll I'll take so. I'll take girls to this one gelato place for dates or whatever. And uh, <laughs> maybe the girl who scoops the gelato likes me or something. Because, like, when I take dates there, she'll always give the girl, like, a significant amount less gelato than me. So, I don't know. Or maybe... That's science, well, man. <laughs> that's... Yeah. <laughs> well, but that's the thing. Like, I have muscle. So, I get things that I never used to get when I didn't have muscle. It's... A big difference and it's very very noticeable when I didn't have muscle like people wouldn't even hold the door for me if I was going to Tim Hortons or something now like people will hold the door for me if I'm like 20 feet away you're, you're not like, oh, wrong I gotta hold the door for this guy's jack weirdly I had the same thought like this is fuck now that you're saying it because like, I was in Best Buy and same thing but it was the opposite end I was like looking for shit and everyone was like looking at me scared and they wouldn't help me find this fucking like tripod thing and I was just like man it's because I'm big everyone's fucking scared and I got a beard so things do happen that so that was the one but like I swear that was why because like maybe it wasn't but that was what went through my brain and then now that you sing it like more meat at Subway <laughs> like or at uh Chipotle like for sure yeah they give you more stuff for sure yeah it's like it's it's like a cheat code for life like if you want a, just an easier life just build muscle and people will will just do things for you it's it's a great, great, great feeling. Andrew, and Andrew's huge. Andrew's you don't know it until you build muscle for the first time. Andrew's redheaded though too. He's redheaded and like six four and huge. What's do you I'm have any? Six two. Do you have any like? Do you, do you have any of that shit? Like, do you get more gelato? Uh, I don't get more gelato, but it's it's funny. I just noticed that people react to me a little differently. Yeah. Uh, depends on where if I, and I don't go out to clubs very often, but anytime I ever have, usually like some girl will grab my arm yeah. and put both her hands around my arm or, or just shit like that. But people generally react with, uh, I don't want, I don't know if it's a, if it's a reverence, but certainly a respect and a like they, the head nod. I, you get that. The wrote, Is that in the book? I wrote a, I wrote a piece. <laughs> the head nod's not in the book. <laughs> I wrote a piece recently on Facebook talking about how I don't see me the way that other people react to me, if that makes sense. It's the, the whole body dysmorphia. But people react to me like I'm an IFBB pro bodybuilder sized human. Uh, somebody recently asked me, said that I reminded them of the mountain from the Game of Thrones, Half Thor. Half Thor is 6, 9, and 400 pounds. And I laughed. That's ludicrous. Usually people think I look like. Uh, what's the name? The wildling, Torment. the wildling, yeah, from the wildling torment. But like, you don't that get that if you if you were like a small. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you do like him. You yeah. look like a jacked version of him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you were like small though, like nothing against small people, but like you just don't get that. Like no one's calling you the mountain. You don't get that experience. Ooh. Which like, <laughs> which is a which is probably <laughs> a good experience. Like being called the mountain as a male. If you know who the mountain is, you're like, yep, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, how did it make you feel when you were called the mountain? Did it make you feel pretty good? Uh. There's a moment of feeling good and there's a moment of that's ridiculous because I know how big the mountain is. So it, it, it wasn't something I could relate to. So I thought it was more just this person who's completely clueless. 
But uh, yeah, there, there's a moment where like, okay, cool, that's that's ridiculous. I, I do like that part of the the book though, like, and and we can call it taglines or whatever. But I think that you're right. Like a lot of people when they start out, they're like so zoned in on just the diet and the gym and like just like being a recluse that like there's the other aspect of it that's probably more important and will probably help you make more muscle in in the long run. I like that you touch on that. That's kind of cool. Even mm-hmm. as like a yeah, mainstay of the book. Well, just having muscle is just a tool in your life to just amplifying yourself and making yourself a better person. But if everything else drops low just because you built muscle, then it doesn't make sense. So you got to keep everything high, right? Yeah. Um, the one thing we want to touch on, and you do a lot of superhero stuff or like we talk about superhero bodies and it's, it's, I would say like if you asked everyone in secret, they'd say it's something that most people desire. So, in a lot of the circles lately, there's a pushback against like these aesthetic goals and these aesthetic ideals. And that's kind of a key part to your brand. So can you kind of talk to or just like let people know like why that part's important to like the message that you're putting in the, in the mentality of like fighting towards that aesthetic goal? Yeah, well, most people start working out so that they can look better. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of people may be like they'll get into like fitness like in the fitness industry, just I'm just in the field. They're fucking lying. They started working out so they would look better and so they could date hotter girls or even just date girls in general because they never got girls before. Like that's what most dudes start working out for. Absolutely. So you want to build your body to look better. So you want to have like wide round shoulders. You want to have the V tapered back. You want to be lean. Um, you don't want to have chicken legs you want to have some decent thighs on you like it's important to to build a body that looks good and and you have the proportions as well because that's just going to benefit you like why do people wear a tailored suit every day to work number one is the norm but number two is so that they can look better if you were wearing a well-tailored suit it makes you look like you're jacked even though you're not jacked underneath. So if you are already jacked, like what's the difference between training to look better as opposed to wearing like a well-tailored suit? There's no big difference there. You just want to look better. So aesthetics are are very, very important. And Hollywood's doing a great job with this now with the superheroes because the superheroes that the way they're the way they're building them, they're looking like very aesthetic. Like you look at Hugh Jackman and yeah. Wolverine, he's he looks fantastic. He's lean. He's got the the big round shoulders. He's got the the V tapered back. Like he's got that look. Same with Thor. Same with um, Captain America. Like those superheroes dude. have this like look that is very that that is very appealing. Like men want to look like it, and women are sexually attracted to it all the superhero chris's well three out of four anyway because pratt's in pretty jacked and lane shape he used to be really big and he got ripped and now he's super popular uh hemsworth thor chris evans is captain america uh chris pine he's not so jacked he's a smaller guy but he still fits so you get three out of four of those chris's luke cage uh, no so luke cage jacked yeah. for sure as tons of jacked people so Actually, funny enough, you shared a graphic um, on your Instagram, I noticed it, and it was a comparison of a guy who was really shredded, a bit more tanned, what women want, versus the guy who wasn't quite as shredded and dialed in. And it was the implication that women didn't want the 
the super shredded guy, it was the one, the guy who wasn't quite as shredded because the guy would be moody. Now, what you might not have seen is I've, I know it wasn't your graphic. I know it was someone else's graphic, but I, it got shared around amongst a lot of the fitness industry people that I know. I fucking lost it. And, (laughs) and they went nuts about this graphic in a nasty virtual or sorry, virtue signaling fest of negativity about it. And I think they fixated on the, the message and, Oh, how do they know what women want and all this kind of crap. But I think what was missed in the message with that one is what you said earlier about not being that recluse, that strict draconian person who their life revolves only around their fitness. They don't enjoy life. And perhaps we know that maintaining a certain super low level of body fat can mean I'm not feeling well, right? It can drop your testosterone levels. It can make you feel low energy and you may not necessarily be that fun to be around. And I think a lot of the implications and the extremes needed to be that level of shredded are lost on everyday people. And I think that that graphic just became a little bit of a, a virtue signal fest for people who want to push away from the idea that, you know, chasing aesthetic ideals is a good thing because there's pushback against that. So what do you think about that graphic? Do you, any thoughts to add to what I just said? Cause I kind of just, just went there. off, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, here's the deal. You see all these guys on Instagram and they're like absolutely shredded. But one thing you should know is most of those guys, they only walk around looking like that, like maybe three days out of every 365. They'll get all their photos done and then they don't look like that the rest of the time just because it's not fun to look like that. You aren't actually healthy when you're at your strongest. No. Okay. Here's how it is. You look like you're at your strongest, but you're actually feeling at your weakest. So on the outside, you look incredible, but on the inside, you, you're, you're feeling terrible. And back to the point about, you know, here's what women actually like. Like, I do know a lot of women who, you know, they'll see a guy and they'll be like, okay, that guy's, that guy's jacked and they see it in the picture. But in real life, they'll see it and then they're like, okay, this is just a little too much for me. You know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, but you know, generally, if you look at the general population, most of the people are most of the women are more attracted to the guy who's not as shredded. But referencing that infographic, the two pictures, the guy that was the side that showed a guy who was very, very shredded, he was like super shredded, like six, seven percent. And the guy who wasn't as shredded, but which was still in great shape, he was like 9% or 10%. So to most people, he was still shredded. It's just he was like healthily shredded. Well, I think that's the main thing is that, and I think a lot of people don't understand it because they haven't been there. But like when you're, (laughs) when you're that shredded or, you know, when someone that shredded, like they're not a good time. Like to be there and maintain that is like, you're basically like fighting evolution at that point. So you just feel like shit. You want to eat all the time. You don't want to go with the friends because you don't want to be in that environment. Like, that's not wrong. I guess with infographics, that's like, I guess the problem with infographics on the other end of the spectrum is that people that want to find something wrong with it will because it doesn't give that much information. You know what I mean? So people will just fucking pick it apart even though, like, that's not what it meant. And it's just, it's interesting. What what I saw a lot of was people just sort of jumping on that same message. Yeah. And 
you know, I didn't comment on any of this stuff because like a lot of people I really like and respect and some of them listen to this podcast. I'm kind of hoping that, you know, it'll just get them to think about it a little bit differently. And they're going to hate you. But, but I think it's actually really important to also, and I feel like this graphic did do this, send a message of, okay, it's great to be jacked and lean, but it's also really great to like not be so extreme, make sure that what you achieve is sustainable versus almost like self-destructive and obsessive. And you hinted that that stuff earlier about just being a recluse. Um, so mm -hmm. I felt like the graphic, perhaps the, the whole men, what women want thing, maybe that's what they really jumped on. Okay, fine. But I felt like there was a lot of good in that graphic, but it just got savage. Well, you, mentioned, you mentioned what and, women want and you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> There's no yeah, way around moral it. Moral of the story. Yeah. If, you, if you want to learn anything from that, because like well-intentioned, I'm sure, like... I don't know. People grasp on to everything, though. It's like it's like someone's putting out information to help people, and there's like a big write-up on that, and then like people are mad. Like some dude went and did that, put his time into it, and actually wants to genuinely help people, and then people just jump on it. It's just like, it's just the internet. It's the world we live in, and I guess you probably have stories of that, being that you have, what, like 300,000, 250,000 followers? So do you have any yep. stories like that where people like literally hate your guts for like just doing what you do best? Does that make sense? Like haters. Yeah. Well, haters. I posted this really great graphic and um, there's a story behind it because I, I posted it when I had like 800 Instagram followers and yeah. it got like just a couple likes and a couple comments. So I posted it basically exactly a year ago because I had like 800 followers exactly a year ago. <laughs> and um, I it came about because I was, I was with the, my girlfriend at the time, we were having a bunch of people over for dinner, and one of our guests was vegetarian, but everyone else ate meat. So because one of our guests was vegetarian, we basically had to serve, like, a whole vegetarian meal, and then we cooked, like, fish or whatever. Yeah. And she was like, she said to me, she was like, why is it that we, me and you, we eat meat, um, but when we have a vegetarian over for dinner, we have to cater to the vegetarian Everyone has to cater to this one vegetarian. But then when we go over to the vegetarian's place for dinner, we still got to eat vegetarian. She's not cooking meat for us. And I was like, hmm. So I made a graphic along the lines of that. And, uh, oh, boy. You know, <laughs> when I had no followers, it, there was no traction. So it doesn't matter. But I posted it a couple months ago. And it it blew up. Oh, my God. People were on the comments were crazy. Like there was people fighting with each other like <laughs> savagely. One guy calling another guy Hitler. Like it was absolutely like absolute warfare. I got to find it and send you the link just so you can read the comments because there were so many comments of people fighting back and forth. Wait, go look at it while we're talking. I don't know. It, it, it's funny when things like blow up like that because like there was, I think there was one with Spencer Dodalski and some keto guy. Same thing blew up and like the keto people fought the, the rational people and it was just absolutely crazy. And it's it's just funny where the internet has come. Which for you that probably wasn't even a bad thing. Like you know what I mean? Like in terms of like if people really wanted to like hate on you, they just blew your fucking post yeah. up. <laughs> like, which is a yeah. good thing in Instagram world. Well, yeah, you you go on Instagram you you take a side and you show your opinion on something. Everyone who agrees with you is going to like the post. Everyone who disagrees with you is going to make sure that you know that they are disagreeing with you by commenting, yeah. which ends up making the post do better anyway. Mm -hmm. Now we're telling it's, them. It's very clear that your message, I mean, 
the whatever message could apply to women or people of all ages, but I can tell it's probably for young uh, guys in their late teens, twenties, thirties, maybe. And these are guys who want to feel confident, be attractive to the opposite sex or the same sex and to get jacked. So there's going to be a lot of people out there who that doesn't speak to. So hopefully those people just go and fucking follow someone else. And and that's good instead of going and making total all out war on your page because they disagree with your ideological approach to things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I can't even read the comments sometimes just because I just can't have that negativity in my, in my life. Cause I know what I'm putting out there is great content and I know what works. So I'm a hundred percent confident in what I put out. So if I have some troll on the internet, tell me that I'm wrong. I know I'm not wrong. So, but you know, if a lot of people are telling you over and over again, it, it does get to your head and I don't need that negativity. So a lot of times I just won't even read it just because. (laughs) Well, I think that, I think that comes to anything social media is that like, I guess you'll have your audience and like your avatar, but then because it's so open to everyone else, you get all the other shit and people will, well, at at this point, the trolls or whatever, it's just people can see your shit and you kind of open yourself up to that and it's good and bad, but like you don't have to read it because like, you know, the people that is your avatar, the people that are your people they're good to go. And I think that that's the more important part than all the other shit. I think you got to find your way to deal with it too, because uh, you just said like, you just don't want that negativity or you, you'd be like Spencer Nadolsky spent, uh, Dean mentioned him earlier. He's a friend of ours. He did our podcast a couple of times and Spencer just kind of takes screenshots of the stupid shit. People say <laughs> and posts it and laughs at it. His episode is called Dr. Fuckwad was based on a comment that someone had said to him. Because they didn't agree with something he they're said, like, probably about like, you're Dr. Fuckwad. Do you actually have any people that beat? Do you have? This is actually funny. I like this. Do you have anyone that has like they like beaked you so hard, like you saw it and you're like, hey, that was a good one. Like you got me. Like was there anyone who like st- stood out? And maybe not, but Spencer's was like someone literally just was like, okay, Dr. Fuckwad, and he's like, I had to laugh. Like that was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So a little bit of backstory because this one makes sense. This one just happened about like four days ago too. So it's like fresh in my mind and everything. And um, so a lot of people don't know. I grew up like super poor in my small town. Like I shared a house that was like 400 square foot house, but it was two levels. So it was super, super small. Um, Upstairs, my dad and my brother shared a room. Downstairs in like the living room, my sister slept on the couch. And then I slept in the backyard in a tent. So I grew up like super, super poor. And then I had a someone reply to one of my stories like four days ago. And then he, the guy said something like, are you just riding daddy's coattails? <laughs> and, and I'm thinking, I'm like, if this guy only knew. <laughs> so I screenshotted it because I was like, it had so much impact on me. I was like, this guy watched my story and then took time out of his day to say to me, you must be riding daddy's coattails because so can I just felt compassion for this guy because I'm like this poor guy is his life is so shitty right now that he has to go and and comment on someone else's story and accuse them of something that's actually the complete opposite of what is actually true. I just I don't know I it had a lot of effect on me in a good way. I was like, wow, I can't believe like there's people out there. Who, are, who think this just because I know where I actually came from. Well, and that, 
we have a whole society of this kind of crap and it's more and more prevalent now where they look at someone else who is successful and it's this mentality of, of jealousy and envy. Uh, and we're seeing a lot of politically, I'm not going to go into that too much, but uh, we stay off the politics stuff, but they want to take from, you know, people who were really successful and worked hard for it uh, instead of, and, and blame someone else who makes them feel bad about themselves. External locus control. One of my big things, a lot of message I put on social media is about taking ownership of your situation. The stuff that you can't control, you know, you choose your attitude in the wake of it, sure. But the stuff that you can control, the putting in that effort, you can change your life. It goes back to what you're talking about, building muscle. Like anyone who puts the time into the gym to change your physique, to build their confidence, is going to affect a lot of positive outcomes across their life. Instead of just going online, seeing something that makes someone feel bad about them, themselves in their own circumstance, and then just blame that person saying, ah, you're a piece of shit or you didn't earn it. So well, I find that attitude I have a big problem with, and I try to encourage people to say, you can actually make your life better. you got to put some effort into it. Let, let's talk, but let's touch on that attitude because, like, I guess – Social media is what you, like, you make your own message on social media. Like, people see what they're going to see. Like, they obviously didn't see you sleeping in a tent in the backyard. So, you have a very professional, polished social media presence. Like, you have your system and the way you present what you do. How accurate, I guess, is this reflection of, like, your everyday life? Like, J-Max is, like, I grew up doing this. I do this now. This is what I like. Like, how far away are those two platforms? And, like, good or bad, but, I mean, like, there is an image and then there's the real, I guess, guy behind the image. Like, what's that look like for you? Well, for me, if you look at my stories, I'm showing like a lot of just whatever I'm doing in the daytime. And, you know, I'll put music over top of it and edit it together and stuff. So it looks cool. But if you actually look at it with like no sound, I'm I'm just literally buying a green smoothie. I'm literally just <laughs> going to the gym. I'm going to eat a regular meal like I'm going out to get ice cream. Like I'm just doing stuff that everyone does, but the way it's edited, it makes it look like it's it's way more exciting than it actually little, is. But it's actually it's just movie. mundane things. Yeah, I notice. Uh, you know, you go and hang out with friends a lot. I notice there's like a lot of you know your friends, you your have social friends that's, that's in good. there. And yeah, I I like what you just said because I think it is a real reflection of what's going on. And I think people and the reason why I wrote the question is because I think people can mistake this. And the the polish of uh, the professionalism of your social media for being a crafted and curated, and, and I know to a certain extent it's curated, but could mistake it for being something that is not representative of what your real life is. So hopefully people will take a look at that and then knock off the envious shit and think you're riding your daddy's coattail. Yeah. Well, like it's not like I'm gonna show, like let's say, let's say I wake up at like four in the morning because I can't sleep or I ha have a night where I can't fall asleep. I'm not going to show that on my social media. So I'm only showing like just like normal things, but I guess normal positive things. I'm not yeah. showing normal negative things just because I'm not going to get my phone out and be like, can't sleep because <laughs> I'm trying to go to sleep and I don't want to look at the Put some music screen. over it. What would be the song you put over top of that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I would have to think about that one. Do you <laughs> I guess, like, I actually kind of am interested in your, your backstory. So you mentioned, like, I guess growing up poor. Was there any part of that experience that I guess, because there's a lot of people that will have situations similar, that you kind of grasped on that has made you what you are, I guess, now, especially, like, looking now on Instagram, because they didn't have that back in the day, but, like, you look at what you went through. What part of that experience made you successful now? Well, 
every time I, I had a couple situations in my life where I left something comfortable to venture into the unknown. Yeah. So I guess the first one was when I didn't go into aerospace engineering. I went to be a personal trainer. Yeah. Because I knew I was like, I was living super poor. I grew up super poor. But it's not like I was unhappy. I was a pretty happy guy, even though I had nothing. So I knew that if I went and I made this jump into being a personal trainer, I knew it was my passion. But at the same time, I knew if it didn't work out, the worst that would happen is I would just end up poor, which I knew I could be happy being poor. Yeah, you did it. So it's like I knew I saw the other side and the other side is what most people fear. But I didn't fear it because I already knew what it looked like and I already knew I could thrive and be happy in that other side. But a lot of people like let's say you grew up rich, you just want to hold on to what you have. So you you don't want to take these risks, even though they're going to probably get you to where you're ultimately your ultimate purpose in life. And a lot of people hold back. And then that's where you see people, you know, working these corporate jobs that they absolutely hate and like sitting in a car and commuting for two hours each way. And it's because they're afraid of what could happen if they really jumped in and did what they're meant to be doing in life. So I think I basically it seemed like it was a disadvantage growing up. But now I look back and it was an advantage to get me to where I am today. You almost have nothing to lose in that aspect, which is that's actually an interesting thought, because I guess a lot of people, like you said, they have that experience of not wanting to lose what they have. And I just I made a post yesterday about changing, like I'm opening up my own facility and doing a lot of things that has taken a risk. And I told my story about dropping a good career that people think is good. But a lot of people resonated with me and like messaged me like I have that same feeling and like what should I do? And like I think a lot of people have that feeling, but they don't know the other side. So they don't take the risk, which is I don't want to say that everyone should take that risk. But at some point, like what is happiness? You know what I mean? Like, it's not sitting in the car for two hours, making a lot of money in your nice house. Like, no one's fucking happy driving to fucking work for two hours. There's no fucking way. Mm -hmm. Unless, yeah, I I, I don't even know. I can't even think of an exception. There's probably one person that loves commuting. Um, Unless you're driving your Lamborghini every day, you really love music. Even then, man, like, a Lamborghini would sound so fucking loud in traffic because, like, the thing idles, like... It would not rush hour traffic in a Lamborghini would probably be horrible. I don't know if J Max has a Lamborghini, but I don't, <laughs> no, and I'm don't. sure it's not good. Because you live in Toronto, you probably don't even actually. It'd probably be a headache to even own a car in Toronto. Yeah, I don't even have a car. I just walk or take Ubers or the what? Daddy, subway. Daddy's mom, money didn't buy you a Lambo. No, <laughs> no, unfortunately, no. You know what's kind of hilarious? I ended up just buying my dad a car a couple months ago because. Uh, he needed one and he couldn't afford it and so i so i grabbed it for him nice. so it's kind of the opposite maybe daddy's riding jason's coattails <laughs> he's gonna message Not him like riding riding j max coattails on his instagram like man leave my family alone man <laughs> yeah no more coattail jokes guys no more coattails nope. uh, before we get into just cooling this up uh we talked about this before we got online and I didn't plan this, but I actually was curious behind uh, of why you published that list <clears throat> of uh, you know fitness professionals to follow each year. So let's preface this by saying that J Max, like I think it was about a year ago, he like made the li- we'll call it the list, but it was like your list of people to follow or like that are up and coming. 
and then it was just this massive list and I guess that leads to the question like what like how did that start and like what was the point of it and I guess how did that help you well I started doing it like four or five maybe six years ago yeah and it's just at the start of the year I'd be like these are the fitness professionals I think you should follow this year these are the people that are doing great things and I guess the reason I did it was because I just noticed that no one was doing lists at that time. Now everyone does do these lists. But I just wanted to recognize people who I thought were doing really great work. So I put them all on a list and the list started blowing up. So I was like, oh, I'm going to do this every year because the list blows up and it's recognizing people who I think are doing great work. So that was the small story behind that and now since doing that list like every year people are like checking they're like did i make the list did i make the list it's a networking like, it's, mine. it's a real thing and now yeah like i i've met almost everyone that i've ever put on these lists and uh it's it's a really cool experience and it was just a i didn't think it would be a great way to meet people but it actually is See, and what's funny was I didn't not I didn't know you did it for five years. Like I I saw last year's list because it was just I don't it was everywhere, man. <laughs> you could well, not see the list. I don't know. I, I just looked at this year's list. So uh, we've got Alan Aragon to record <clears throat> in two days. So he's on your list. Counting you, we've had eight out of the forty Sweet. as guests on our podcast, including our buddy Carter Good has been on a couple times, and um, yes. Mike Gizertel. And there's a few more. I've actually met about half the list. I've met Jason Helmus in person. Um, there's a whole bunch on here. Who haven't, who haven't you met on there? Yeah. Who there's you 40 met? people. So like, that's a network, like I said, networking gold line, but like who, who, who have you not met? Well, I've met barely any of, the, of them in person, Yeah, but all I've mine. talked, I've had like good talks with almost all of them on like, um, through like Facebook messenger or Skype and stuff like that. That's the internet for you, man. It's, it's a beautiful mm-hmm. age. <laughs> yeah. Like on that top 40 list, maybe. Maybe 10 to 15 of them I've hung out with in person. That's still sick. Like, it's kind of like, because we have a lot of fitness professionals listen to this. And, like, not to say they should go make a list, because I think everyone has a list. But there's value in marketing and doing stuff even like this. Like, you have your own podcast. Just for the simple fact that networking with people that are in your industry can happen via the internet, which is a great thing. Because, like, back when you started, shit wasn't like that. Like, you didn't get to meet all the, the good people. And then now your trajectory goes up because you network via these modalities it's kind of it's kind of sick that that list because that list is almost better than a, it's better than all the other stuff because that's the one that blows up every year it's kind of cool so anyone mm-hmm. fitness professionals do shit like that i don't know i don't know where i was going with that somewhere <laughs> um i won't make right, a list so, uh let's see okay well actually we were, we were talking about books earlier so having written your own book uh, i kind of hope you found a little time to read a few others when you weren't reading uh, aerospace engineering textbooks. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we always ask every guest that we have on here if they can recommend a book, something that's been personally or professionally meaningful uh, that they would suggest for others to read. Yeah. My book of 2017 was Craig Ballantyne's Perfect Day Formula. Nice. I really like that one just for productivity and, and looking at life differently. And it's specifically if you're an engine or an entrepreneur, you should read that book. My book of 2018 was Jason Capital's High Status. Really enjoyed that book. That was an awesome book. I'm also reading a really great book right now called uh, Psycho Cybernetics. It's all about like um, believe how to believe in yourself and how to achieve things that you want and 
and changing your self-image and the way that you look at yourself. That's a really great book. Also just finished the audio book of Anthony Bourdain's Kitchen Confidential. I've always been a big Anthony Bourdain yeah. fan and that book, um, that specifically the audio book because it's him reading it yeah. was, that was, that was great. I, I ate that one up in just a few days. It was really, really good. Um, I read a lot of books though. So those are just the ones off the top of my head right now that are, that were really impact. They've made big, a big impact on me in the past few years. So that's great. Um, I've read perfect day formula. I've met Craig Valentine in person. Uh, he's really cool. So that one agreed amazing. And I actually wrote the other ones down because I'm curious because I'm always looking for new things because I cycle audiobooks like really, you know really fast Anthony too. Bourdain, you, I guess I haven't read his book. You, you've never seen the, lay, the Layover? Oh, I've seen every episode. Okay. Yeah, it's the best show ever. Yeah. He, well, he has The Layover. He has No Reservations. Yeah. And then he has uh, Parts Unknown. And they're all great shows. It's really weird because I wasn't familiar with Bourdain at all outside of like the name sounds familiar. And then all of a sudden, you know, the, he dies, commits suicide, which is really tragic shit. Go on and Netflix. all of a sudden it's apparent, apparent how influential he was on so many people. So I don't watch a lot of television, I think, is the real reason. I don't have cable. I haven't had it in over a decade. You're from Halifax, so I don't, man. No cable I don't there. get into the... <laughs> yeah, New, Newfoundland, the, the Newfoundland. TVs don't even work. <laughs> you didn't have TV growing up, man. Andrew's in his, well, I'm not, Andrew's well, a four in front of his name. There's no TV out there. No well, internet. We, I, remember, I remember we had, when I was a kid, we had CBC. So we had, I watched shit like Danger Bay and the Beachcombers. And obviously you had like your up, kid. You had a, Hockey Night in Pol Canada. <laughs> yeah, Hockey Night in Canada. The Polka Dot Door and the Friendly Giant were like the kids' shows that man, we watched. Your child yeah, Mr. Dress Up. Uh, yeah, so we had one TV station until I was like probably like six or seven years old, and then all of a sudden we got some more stuff and uh, started watching way too much television as a kid. But uh, no, I never got into Bourdain stuff, and I'm almost fascinated with the idea of exploring it because he sounds like a really dynamic and interesting person. It sounds a little tragic he, at the same time. He's just truthful. I think that was the main thing about him is that he's just, I don't know, he's, it's pretty raw. Like, I'm sure that there's some like image there, but like if you watch the layover, he's just like, he just lays it out. It's fucking sweet. Well, and he gets drunk What too. I love about him is he goes and he eats yeah. and I love eating and then he goes and he travels and I love traveling. So his show was the reason that I didn't mention this on the show yet, but I, I lived in the Mediterranean. I lived in this country called Malta for like three years. Nice. And the reason I moved abroad was because of his show. Really? Maybe want to travel. Yeah. I, you know what? It's funny you say that too, because like now I wanted to travel because of his show, and like I haven't seen that much. Like I've been to Spain and a bunch of places, but I always go look for like layover, like where to eat because of that. Because then you people have like the layover references, and then they'll like they'll kind of have their own little like you have to see these places if you're here for like twelve hours. And I think that like for me that was impactful there, because then yeah, you like, realize like that's when we a huge cultural thing when you go and travel is like the good stuff, not like just the whatever, like the good places to go. And that made me want to travel and see that shit. It's sweet. Like, I love him. <laughs> me too. Uh, let, let's, let's go back to this. So you have a book, um, you have Instagram. Where's the best place to kind of get a copy of your book, consume all the stuff that's you, and just, I guess, where to find you and your book? Yeah, if you want to grab my book, I give it away for free. You just cover the shipping and handling. Just go to freemusclebook.com. And then if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's at jmaxfitness. So J-M-A-X fitness. And those are the two places to go hit me up. 
and you you cool. you don't like you don't like jokes about your past. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're gonna get so no, many. no coattail tail jokes. <laughs> like you lived in a tent. Like fuck off. <laughs> Are you good at setting up tents? At least I know that's a horrible joke, but maybe like there's a lot of people who don't know how to set up a tent, and I think that's a good skill to have. Yeah, well, I, I can set up a tent. Do you guys have beavers where you are? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so. It's Canada, um, man. They're everywhere. No, no, I mean, like, you know, beavers, Cub Scouts. Oh, uh, yeah. Is it beavers? It's, I think it's Cub Scouts. I don't I'm, know. I'm not sure. I remember that. You were the best, though, weren't you? I never did it. You were the best. All right. We, we had beavers before Cub Scouts, so, so when you're really young. But in those, in there, that's where you learn to set up a tent. So I just never forgot. <laughs> What what bat what level did you get at? Get oh, up to? I don't know. I think I stopped when I was like eight or something. Like I'm over it. I like fitness. Oh yeah. <laughs> Can you take us home, Andrew? Well, I Jay, uh, Jason, it was really awesome to have you on. We really appreciate you making the time. Thanks for reaching out. And uh, guys, thanks for tuning into this episode. If you are someone who is found this on Jason's social media, and this is the first time you're actually seeing us, uh, we have had, as I mentioned, when we uh, started the podcast. A few other Toronto-based personal trainers. Uh, maybe you guys have heard of Louis Guarino or Chad Hargrove. Certainly John Goodman, the Personal Trainer Development Center. So you can check out some of those episodes. And if you're really interested in building muscle, obviously this you want to go get this book. Go get the fucking book. But uh, we also free. have a really great episode with Mike Isertel, who's on your list of fitness professionals to follow. So uh, mm-hmm. you can check in into that. If it's one of our audience uh, who's been listening to us from the early going and this is the first time you've gotten to see Jason, go check out his Instagram. Go follow him. Uh, a lot of our uh, longtime audience tend to follow most everyone that we have appear on this and go and interact with him. Post messages on his wall, uh, hopefully more positive than negative. Get a good and uh, again, thanks for coming on the episode. We really appreciate it. Yeah, man. It's been awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. Shut up and sit down.